Hey everybody, this is Ryan and Victoria Cole. Welcome to Needed Conversations. We're excited to have you. If you're on YouTube right now, make sure you subscribe, like this video, hit that bell notification, help us with the algorithms. It's gonna be an awesome episode. We're talking about expectations versus reality, but today's episode is a little bit different. Um, why is that, Victoria? We're gonna talk about parenting. Um, I know we kind of dive into more relational things, you know, pertaining to adult life, but we're gonna get real and talk about some of the expectations versus reality of our personal lives in regards to um, having children and becoming parents. So. I'll start, I guess, because personally for me, my uh, false expectation of parenting is that my kids and I are going to always get along. Um, and I know it's silly, but I always thought that because, you know, as a child growing up, I was looking at my parents and sometimes I was saying, I'll never do that, you know, or I'll never be that. Um, and another thing I think for me was staying in control. That was a big thing that I think I struggled with, especially with Mila. And I feel like partially why uh, I think our very young stages of uh, raising Mila was a little bit rougher is because I always had that sense that I wanted to control the situation. And it just doesn't happen that way in regards to parenting. Yeah, and it takes a lot of trust. Even the pregnancy and delivery process it's trusting if you're a woman that your body is going to do what it's supposed to do. And then you're putting your life in the hands of medical professionals or a midwife. And it's, I think you can read a lot of books, but there's no way to truly prepare mm -hmm. for that experience and how traumatic it is in a lot of ways. But it's also exhilarating and it's also supernatural it, it connects you it, because you're watching someone cross over from one world to another. And it, it truly is an incredible experience, but nothing can really prepare you for that. And, and that's an, another, uh, that that's where I would think I would start. I think going into pre preparations for a child, you uh, have these expectations that I need to have my life in a certain way. I need to have a mm -hmm. certain amount of money in finances and, and savings and, in order to be ready for a child. And the fact of the matter is you're never going to be truly ready as long as you and your spouse have, um, you know, s spent some time together. Of course, if you're married, then I, I think that it's something you're just going to have to jump into. It's God's will for us to be fruitful and multiply. And so um, we, uh, you know, having children is a blessing from the Lord. Mm -hmm. But when you ask for a blessing, most people think it comes in riches and ease of, of, of responsibilities, and it's, it's very sweatless. But really, when the Lord calls you blessed, I don't know if sometimes we can handle the weight of the responsibility of a blessing, you know, whether that be financial or in any aspect of our lives. Blessing comes with responsibility. Think of Mary, who was called blessed among women when she conceived Jesus. And the type of um, parenting relationship she had, raising the son of God, mm -hmm. the expectations versus reality was all out of whack there. Um, and you can read a little bit about it. Um, there's not much, but we know that Jesus was independent at 13 years old. He was off studying in the temples and um, 
just imagine raising a child like that, but bring that into our lives. We're raising some really special human beings as well. And they each have a call of God on their life. And being able to steward that in the right direction is our greatest responsibility. But Mm -hmm. in terms of expecting to be 100% uh, prepared, the reality is you will not be 100% prepared. But you'll learn along the way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's your children, so you're going to learn things of how to navigate parenting. I know that there's general rules that may apply in regards to parenting, and you can definitely take advice from other people. But one thing that I would say is, you know, enjoy the season as well, and don't allow other people's uh, experiences project onto your experience. Um, I, I, One of the things that I kind of cringe worthy for me is when I have conversations and let's say somebody's ahead in the season than me um, or before I, I had children they were like oh you just wait and see you know because they were experienced the season of having children and you know it's a lot of work and there's a lot of mental and emotional um, process that happens and it, it just pushes you to the limit sometimes but not allowing those people to basically dictate to what your life is going to say. And that's not to say that you're going to step in ignorant and say, I'm never going to do what they do or, you know, say what they're going to say. You know, a lot of times we say that whenever we see our parents do certain things. But in reality, it's hard. Parenting is hard. It really, you you, bec- you have to become selfless, you know, and um, you have to lay yourself down every single day. You have to be patient and patient on top of that. Um, and it's a big responsibility from the Lord that God gives us to raise these human beings. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, if you can remember this, and uh, I think we teach that as well in the marriage is that if we just focus on Jesus, you know, instilling in them uh, the the love and the the fear of God, um, then you've succeeded as a parent. You know what I mean? Because there's just so many things that you have to kind of fuse into uh, parenting. And there's so many things you can do. uh, But the best thing you can do for your children is, or best thing you can give them is to really um, bring them to Jesus, you know? Right. That they would watch you and your relationship with Jesus and and that would build a culture in your home. I think another expectation that we might have listening to people's stories along the way is that in some is that somehow or another it, there is a one size fits all. And when it comes to parenting, it's just not the case. Every child is unique and mm-hmm. different, and even the way you raise one child is not going to be, you know, you you might find certain methods successful with one child that the other child just does not respond to. Parenting is very individualized. Mm -hmm. Sure, there are certain things that are, you know, may work across the board, but when it comes down to it, you have to learn that child's personality, begin to identify their gifts, their strengths, their challenges. Um, I think we experienced that right off the bat with Mila say, you know, realizing that she is a natural born leader. She is strong willed, strong willed can seem very stubborn, but we choose not to use that language. She's not stubborn. She is not a rebellious, but she is a natural born leader. And we can already tell that because she knows what she wants. 
She's very determined, very decisive. These are all great qualities, but they frustrate you as well Mm -hmm. because, you know, we are the parents and she cannot at this point decide for for herself about everything. And so we have to steward her. When, When Mila was little, one thing that worked really well in the mornings was giving her um, options and and letting her choose the way that her day is going to go. You know, would you like to change first or would you like to brush your teeth? And you lay out the boundaries, but it still lets them feel like that they're in control. So that's if you have a strong-willed type child um, who is very decisive and very dominant, Um, you're going to have to give them a guided path every single day that lets them feel like they're in control, but in reality, you are controlling the elements within within that day. Um, Then when we had Toby, he's the exact opposite end of the spectrum. I remember um, us finding out that you were pregnant with Toby and saying, oh my gosh, because Mila was only 10 months old at that point. And we were like, how are we going to handle two children? Because in our minds, we expected mm-hmm. if this was the way one child went, all children are this way. And he's the opposite. He's more introverted in nature. Sure. He has his, you know, moments of frustration and wanting his way and has his little t- tantrums. But um, he's a lot more mild-mannered. He went to sleep easier. His bedtime ritual seems to be um, easier a lot of the times than Mila. Mila wants a lot of attention at night, and mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just ready for bed. Now, tonight I mean, was the exception. but Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it switches, too, because I, I hear that from a lot of moms is that, you know, uh, young girls usually go through a lot of emotions during their first, you know, phase of life. And then it kind of swaps and then the the boys, you know, experience emotions and, you know, having to roll that in as a teenager. So there's just, there's so many seasons that play into it and it flies by really quick. And so it's very hard to sit there and say, okay, this is our routine and this is what we're going to do. Because literally as soon as you learn something, you have to create a new structure, a new strategy to, you know, not get you frustrated because things shift and move so quickly uh, when you're parenting children. But we wanted just to really give you guys a couple of pointers, you know, if you are parents on how to, you know, do raise your parent, uh, do raise your children, how to come together as a, uh, you know, as uh, as a wife and a husband, because that also brings a different dynamic to your relationship. And it can cause you to come closer and also can cause a lot more strain because a lot of things start coming up to the surface. It's a meshing of two of your personalities and you do see it you do see certain things come out in your children you're like see that's you that's completely you you know and it's true it is true but you know and certain things can be positive and certain things can be you know negative and um so we have to kind of watch those things and even watch our own selves the way we talk to each other the way we even uh behave ourselves because children not only do what you tell them to do they they do what you you do yourself so being an example is so much more important in in that matter so it's definitely i would say number one is definitely a collaborative effort um and i think that's why we i I guess suggest as you know uh counseling uh couples that you as a as a couple really get to know each other and maybe take some time you know 
after getting married to get really acquainted before jumping in. Now, I know some people, it's kind of unexpected. Some people get pregnant on their honeymoon. So it's really not much you can do to that. But but I think going into marriage before you even say I do, having the conversations mm-hmm. about how were you raised? What, what was your experience like with your parents? Were they present? Were they not? How were you disciplined as a child? Did it work? Um, did you experience any abuse? And what, um, what do you foresee your parenting strategy looking like? Um, it, you know, you don't think that these things will be a point of conflict, but when one parent is used to um, sort of a, a spanking or more corporal punishment, um, not abuse, of course, but um, and the other parent is just totally anti any kind of spankings whatsoever, that can cause a rift in the relationship. That mm-hmm. That's a challenge, especially in moments of frustration that you, you it's a lot more work, I'll, I'll say that. Now, I, I believe a good spanking can go a long way, but I also don't believe in spanking out of anger. So uh, there's a lot to discuss there. It, you know, is it biblical? What, 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 uh, how do we want to instill values in our children in terms of g- them going to church? Would we want to homeschool our ch- children? Do we want to send them to public school or to be able to afford private school? All of these questions have to be asked before you get married. And if it's, all, if it's too late, you're going to have to create a path from where you are. And that's going to be harder Mm-hmm. but it still has to be done. You can't let these conversations be background noises. It has to be intentional. And you say, let's collaborate and build a parenting strategy that works for both of us. Yeah, for sure. And it's really bringing in the the good sides from both of your, um, you know, uh, both of your upbringings, because I have a negative upbringings, just as Ryan has some of his negative upbringings. And sometimes because that's what we were around and exposed to, um, as much as sometimes we want to escape it, it does show out in our personalities, especially um, in moments of tense times or challenging times where you're just pushed to the to the edge. And that's kind of when we step in and we'll say, okay, honey, I think you've, you know, met your threshold. Why don't you go and I'm going to take care of the situation. So really, um, taking the the positives from both of your upbringings and addressing them and talking to them what are those positive things and then just saying okay this is a negative thing we don't want to bring that so how can we you know take that out as our personal habit and make sure that we're not passing it on to our children so almost like it stops with us you know and and there's two ways to approach that or two uh two things that you have to do when approaching that number one you have to release all judgment if your parents were not the best, or e- even just one aspect of their parenting style, never sit in the seat of judgment because the same thing you judged your parents for, mm-hmm. you will look back and find yourself doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And you'll do it in a moment of fury or frustration, and then you'll feel double judgment. So don't ever sit in the seat of judgment towards your parents. And number two, um, don't do don't avoid what you don't want to do build a strategy for what you do want to do 
Because what you focus on is what will come to you. And even when it comes to your parenting strategy, you don't want to just put so much energy on, well, I'm never going to do that because my parents did that and I hated it and this and that. But you say, you know, don't even use that language. Say, this is what I am going to do. Mm-hmm. This is how I am going to, to provide discipline for my children. This is how I am going to do X, Y, and Z. So that's how you can approach that. But you're, you're wanting to bring the best of both of you and throw out the bones of, um, you know, the, the things that were, were not really that successful um, when you were a child that your parents tried to use on you, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, and I love that, you know, that you said that um, not judging your parents for it. And now that I'm a parent myself, I have seen that my parents did the best that they could with what they were given. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm as well. I'm going to do the best that I can with what I'm given. So I'm not, I understand now from my parents' perspective that, you know, as much as I I, I am here in this moment in this time, they were not in this moment in this time. They were, you know, that was 10, 15 years ago. So they were living in a different time. So you have to kind of be understanding with that. And again, like you said, not bring judgment, but really just say, well, we don't want that in our family. Let's see how we can move forward and kind of create our own traditions. And really just having a united, be united in parenting. Um, one of the things that I love about, um, our relationship, you know, with parenting, which I think has eased our burden too, is, you know, what I say is what dad says, you know? Um, so a lot of times this is more, I'm sure they're more strategic when they're teens, but, um, with toddlers, you know, they'll come like Mila comes to me and she'll ask me for something. I said, no, we're not going to do that today. And then, um, you know, literally she'll step away like 10, 20 feet and she'll ask the same thing to Ryan. And she, and what Ryan usually says is, well, what did mom say? Well, she said, no, well, that's what dad says. So being united in parenting, um, even if that means if you disagree to step aside and not let your children hear you, because a lot of times they will use that as ammunition to pin you uh, against each other. Um, And, you know, the enemy can really use that to bring a lot of Uh, disagreements and arguments into uh, the relationship so it's very important to you know be united on your parenting front Um, you know and that's not to say that we don't disagree a lot of times but you just have to communicate yeah because there's times I say you know depending on who has had them the most that day um, during the week it's mostly Victoria so I'm really when I'm there in the mornings and the evenings I'm having to reaffirm whatever she said But if I have them on a Saturday and she's off doing something else, when she comes back, you know, I have to explain to her, I said that they could do X, Y, and Z, and this is because. And we communicate and catch up, and we just want to make sure that there's no good or bad cop, that one of us is sitting in that negative role of, oh, great, now I'm the bad parent. I'm the one saying blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it's a united front where you say whatever privileges they get come from the both of us. And whatever discipline they get comes from the both of us. If I'm if I'm doing the disciplining, this is on behalf of mom and me. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like Victoria doesn't necessarily have to wait for me to to come home before the children are disciplined. Um, although she understands that at the end of the day, if she's already disciplined them and it hasn't worked, my fresh voice because they haven't seen my face all day. Um, will provide a, a layer of discipline 
that will be the you know the final hitting the nail on the head for them to get into line. And if that don't work, then they've got to go to bed early because, you know. And there is something about a man, you know, really saying something. I don't know if it's like the man It's the timber in his voice, and, yes. Yeah, it's just really, it's almost like takes them, sets them back. And again, maybe it's because I'm with them all day. But I, I've noticed that with a lot of parents that I do talk to, they say that for some reason their spouse just is more effective whenever they say something. So, but honestly... Parenting is like 90% of work and 10% of cuteness. I think what we've learned over time is like, you know, we put in all this work and then we take them to somebody's house and we're like, hey, were they good? You know, because we know how they are at home. Sometimes they don't behave that well and we have to continuously like discipline them and tell them, no, we're not doing that. We're not fighting, you know, timeout sessions and talks and it can be very overwhelming, exhausting. And people are like, no, they they were so great. They were so sweet. So it does pay off. <laughs> for and those you are you. making an impact. Yeah. And normally about 9% of that 10% of the cuteness is when they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> but one, they do have their moments and you have the time when you catch them and, and, and our kids pray, our kids, you know, worship God, our kids love music, our kids are very intelligent and very compassionate and empathetic and all of those wonderful qualities. When you step back from being in the heat of it and really observe and examine your children, they really are great human beings. Mm -hmm. And that's a testament to um, the hard work that we put in day in and day out. Honestly, uh, this is kind of what my revelation, revelation of parenting has been, is that uh, God really just wanted to give us a snippet of what it's like to be a father or a mother. You know what I mean? Because of what he feels, of what yeah. he feels, because there's so many times that you do feel rejection and, you know, you want the best for them. You really do because it's a piece of you, you know, and um, you are trying to make the best decisions for them, but then you start having to let them go and be on their own. And sometimes they may not go the way that you might have taught them or you want them to go. And that can be very frustrating because you love them and you care for them and you don't want them to stumble and experience life um, and have hardships because you know that the decisions, because in your life, now that you've older you you're wiser but of course in their eyes i'm sure teens are like rolling their eyes they're like what do these people know you know what i mean until they experience life in a different way so i always say that it's like really god's way of just giving you that little experience because imagine all of us as god's children you know and him having to address us individually and with all of our traumas and with all of our past and he still loves us and cares for us and he really just pushes us and he knows the capacity that we have within us and the potential and so he tries to push that out of us every single day and that's what we need to do with our kids as well. Yeah, and, and God pulls out all of the gifts that are inside of us because he's the one who put us put it in us. And that's the thing you have to do as a parent. You have to really pray and ask the Lord to show you what are my child's gifts. I think baby dedications are powerful, especially when you can get a prophetic group of people mm -hmm. around them to pray, or at least one person in your life, to be able to speak into the destiny of this child and then to be able to channel that, their gifts and their talents in the right direction and make sure you don't assert and insert your own will 
we oftentimes want to give our child what we didn't have. And that kind of mentality um, can can lead to uh, an overabundance of toys and stuff or, uh, you know, a lack of social interaction. And sometimes what we think is a blessing to our child, pointing them in a certain direction. I want my child to be a doctor or a lawyer or this or that. Well, what about asking God what his call upon their life is mm. and channeling them in that direction, regardless of your your preference? And, uh, you know, one of the things I was appreciative about my family was, you know, my dad was really into sports and so was my sister. Um, and I did a little bit of sports when I was younger, but really I gravitated more towards the arts and my dad my dad let me do that and he showed up to performances and stuff um, in the same way that he would sitting in a stand you know cheering me on at the baseball field you know if I was singing or performing in, in a play or something like that he showed up and that meant a lot too a lot of times uh, your kids just need you to be present more than they need presence mm -hmm. that's and, actually exactly what I was about to say oh yeah <laughs> Unagi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But channeling them in the right direction and giving them the liberty to explore different gifts. Um, but also knowing when to apply the discipline. If your child is bouncing from one thing to another, you got to say, listen, if we're going to do this, we're going to stick to this for six months or for a year. And then you can decide to opt out of it. But, um, you know, that comes, you know, with the activities and, and sort of the... Uh, I don't want to say ADD, but the kind of all over the place approach. And p kids are excited um, about trying out new things, but making sure that they're disciplined, but also giving them the liberty to explore. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, uh, parenting is definitely not a walk in the park. It's a, It takes a lot of uh, grace, um, you know, daily guidance from God. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking more about this topic. Uh, we just kind of wanted to give you guys a, a little inside look of what our personal expectation versus reality of parenting, and maybe give you guys some pointers if you guys are in the season of parenting. Um, it, it's a wonderful privilege, and uh, we're grateful to have both of our kids. Um, and yeah. I want to um, just end out the podcast speaking to any uh, parent out there who is a single parent mm -hmm. for whatever reason, maybe you are divorced, maybe your spouse passed away. I want to encourage you, listen, in a lot of ways, you know, it is a, a, um, a mother and a father that's raising a child, but, but also it's a community effort. We're building a culture within our church community within multiple generations to instill values in a community of children. And uh, you're not in it alone. I know sometimes it feels like that. And, and even hearing us today, I'm, you're, you're playing, you're playing both the good cop and the bad cop. You're the disciplinarian and the comforter. And, and that can be very challenging. We want mm -hmm. you to know that we're praying for you and that God will help fill in the gaps. And just pray. Pray that God bring mentors. Um, if you're a woman, that God would bring male figures into their life. I'm still a proponent that children need both masculine and feminine influences and voices in their life. So uh, who, who could that male voice be? And if you're out there watching this and, and 
either you don't have children or you have children, but you know somebody who's a single parent, reach out, reach out and see what you can do to support them in their parenting journey um, and, and, and do whatever you can, you know, pick up their kid and take them to somewhere if you're taking your child and, uh, you know, pouring into their lives or, or you know, signing up for children's ch church and, and serving and pouring into kids in your community. Um, little things make a big difference for single parents, but I wanted to end on that, recognizing all of those champions, those single moms and those single dads who are doing it alone, roughing it. And if you can create a really healthy co-parenting relationship, that's going to mean the world, putting your, your differences aside for the sake of your children. It's going to make a world of difference in the long run, but, um, there's a lot of expectations when it comes to parenting but then there are also a lot of realities we we shared a little bit of those today and and, and hopefully you got some wisdom uh, from us i know we just have a four-year-old and a two-year-old um and we're gaining wisdom day day by day but i i hope that you got something out of this podcast make sure you're subscribed and um, make sure you connect with us on social media and uh and share this with anyone that you know and comment below if you've got any uh, parenting suggestions that we might be able to insert in our next podcast yes for sure thank you for joining us and please come back to our next episode on Nita conversations this has been victoria and ryan cole and we'll see you guys next time see you next time <laughs>